We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT after Notre Dame's 41 to 13 win over Wisconsin Saturday at Soldier Field. Joined like we are every Monday by Brian Driscoll from IrishBreakdown.com. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. I'm always in a good mood on a Monday after a win. <laughs> I mean, it's like it gets you through the weekend a little bit. It does. You know, especially because you you know you interact. You know, with a lot of fans and stuff like that, whether it's your message boards or your podcasts and things like that. So I'm sure you, you know, you still get, you're still going to get some stuff, but you get sure. beat down a little bit less, right? <laughs> you know, yes, after a win. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like, you know, the quarterback needs to get benched, you know, even though he was a Heisman contender after two weeks. Uh-huh. And, you know, all these other things. But, hey, they get a win. It's kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. They got a, they got a W. And it, it, it was a very interesting game. Very interesting game. It was, for sure. And we were just talking off the air. I really felt like watching the game live, not knowing what was going to happen. Like, So you've got the Drew Pine strip sack, and then Wisconsin has good field position. They end up, the, def- the Notre Dame defense holds them to the field goal, so it's only 13-10. to 10. Wisconsin leads, but it's only 13-10. to 10. I felt like that was a really pivotal moment in the game. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, and, and honestly, Sean, I'm going to go even bigger than that. I have a feeling that can end up being a pivotal moment in this entire season. And the, and the reason I say that is that was the best sequence of team football that we've seen from Notre Dame in a long time. And what I'm in, when you consider that Notre Dame is like what 47 and eight now since the post 2016 makeover. Yeah. Uh, when you look at you know you have the big mistake, the the strip sack, and then you point how important it was to hold them to a field goal. But then you see the special teams respond with a kick return. The defense does, I think, what was it? I think it was a three immediate three and out, right? It was really quick. The offense then responds with a, a really nice scoring drive. Defense then makes an interception. Offense gets a field goal. And just like that, a 13-10 deficit turns into a 27-13 lead. Mm-hmm. 
And then after that, it was kind of like that scene from Anchorman. Like, you know, that got out, that escalated, <laughs> that escalated quickly. quickly. That yeah, really got right. out of hand fast, you know. <laughs> uh, but that sequence where Wisconsin, for the first time, got all the momentum. You know, they, they strip sack, then jump around, gets played, and all that. They get the score, mm-hmm. they finally get a lead. And then Notre Dame was like, yeah, enjoy it for about 10 seconds because we're getting it right back. That was such great team football. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I was just, you were, I was just looking on your website and you've got an article about the defense and the pace that that Marcus Freeman's defense is on for some of these stats but you know they hold a team Saturday that was averaging 266 rushing yards to 74 2.6 per carry and you know this was the most dominating defensive performance they've turned in so far where have you seen the biggest growth from Freeman's defense in these four games just being assignment correct I mean look after the Toledo game there's a, a lot of panicking and I wrote an article at the time saying this defense is really close. Just get your licks in on Marcus Freeman now because this thing is really close. And it was essentially, Sean, the first two games was about – there were about five plays in the two games combined. And if you take those five plays away, Notre Dame blows out their first two opponents mm-hmm. because of how good the defense had been playing. And they just had to clean some stuff up, you know, tackling, angles, assignments, correctness. You know, if you look at the long run against Toledo, for example, and the long run against – Florida State that went for a touchdown, you say, boy, there was there was really simple mistakes that guys just don't make often that led to those plays. You clean those up, and that 67-yard run or that 89-yard touchdown turns into a four-yard gain. And, well, that's what they did against Wisconsin. And, and, you know, to put it into context, Notre Dame rushed for offensively three yards against Wisconsin. <laughs> three. Uh-huh. And yet Notre Dame held Wisconsin to almost 100 yards fewer below their average than what Wisconsin held Notre Dame's rushing yeah, offense true. below theirs, and and if you want, if you're someone who likes you know context, in the last eight years Wisconsin has been held to 75 yards or less rushing six times in eight years. 
three of those times happened from in 14 and 15, 2014 and 2015. This isn't something that happens very often at Wisconsin. And I remember reading about how great Penn State's defense was against Wisconsin. Penn State gave up 188 yards rushing to Wisconsin. Hmm. Notre Dame held them to 74, and about 13 of them came on the last couple drives of the game. They were like at 63 when Notre Dame blew it out. So it was a really impressive performance, and it was a great team performance. And this is what Marcus Freeman's defense is about, Sean. It's about 11 guys doing their job at a high, fast level. And what we were seeing the first couple games is 10 guys, nine guys were doing their job at a high, fast level. And then it, you know, kind of got to 10. And then occasionally, you know, now on Saturday, it was 11 guys doing their job, snap after snap. And when you've got better players and you're schemed well and you're coached well and their assignment correct, you're going to dominate people. A somewhat subtle change that that uh, they made defensively was flipping the corners. And we touched on it a little bit last week. Clarence Lewis is, you know, a little bit smaller than a typical boundary corner. Cam Hart, you know, he's he's at the field now when they when they flip him and he gets a couple interceptions and had the pass break up on Drew White's interception as well. Yeah, I mean it, it it seems like it's pretty much a slam dunk sticking with this going forward. What do you think about oh, it? I, I yeah, I think so, Sean. I mean, look, if you think about it, Cam Hart's been a field cornerback for two games now and in those two games he has four passes defensed, two breakups against Purdue and two interceptions against uh, against Wisconsin. Then one of his pass breakups against Purdue led to an interception. And it was just DJ Brown. It was the tip ball late in the game that DJ Brown picked off. So two games is the field corner and a lot of disruption. And I think what it does, you know, it, it Cam's such a rangy athlete that it allows him to cover a lot of ground. And I think what it also does is it allows them to use the safeties in different ways to where they don't now have to worry about protecting that field corner. They can now play the slots, play the number two, be more involved in the run game. And then if they, if they have to protect a corner, they can protect Clarence Lewis, who's now on a shorter side of the field. So now Clarence can be helped by less ground to cover, but then also it's a lot easier to protect uh, a, a boundary corner with a safety while not also exposing yourself to vulnerability in the run game because there is such a shorter field. So you can still kind of keep your eye on the run game and still be able to open up and help out over top against a, if, you know, a cornerback. Where It's a lot harder to do that to the field because you have so much more room to cover. So, you know, would it have been something I would have thought before the season to, to do? No, I wouldn't have. But now that you they do it, you're like, wow, that makes a ton of sense. And you're like, okay, so that's why <laughs> they paid Marcus Freeman all that money yeah. to come to Notre Dame. You know, it's, it's little things like that that, you know, I didn't think about that I think in two games had a huge impact on, on how well this team is, has played in these two games. Jordan Batello, we saw him for the first time defensively in this game um didn't necessarily have a massive impact on the game but at the same time we we got to see a little bit of his skill set how how big a piece do you think he's going to be for this defense going forward oh it's going to be huge and and look you, you know you talk about he he didn't impact the the game much statistically i think he had like one tackle he didn't have any hut hurries you saw his motor but you know him in the game allowed them to kind of go to a i mean they were basically at one point in time in a 4-4 defense i mean they had four yeah. defensive linemen and four linebackers on the field because they were using him like a linebacker and and he because he did back in high school and he is a pretty athletic range of kid I mean you saw that last year on kickoffs and he, he right. him and Bo Bauer seemed to like be in a, in a race every snap <laughs> to see who could get down there the fastest and blow up the kicker kick returner and so and he's got that motor I think he brings an energy that's going to be similar as as part of the rotation it'll be kind of similar like to the energy that Kyron Williams brings the offense he's just a high motor guy that's kind of his, his motor's always running hot you know, 
and and he brings a speed element off the edge that I think Notre Dame didn't have before, and we didn't get to see that on Saturday, but we will. And what I mean by that is Isaiah Foxy's a great pass rusher, and Myron Tungvalo has been a very good pass rusher so far, but they're power pass rushers. It's nice to throw a changeup where you're dealing with Isaiah Foskey's length and power, and then the next series you're coming out and you're dealing with this six foot two, 240-pound guy that just explodes off the edge at you. That can make it really difficult for tackles to have to, to, to deal with those, those um, complementary skills. It's only going to add to what, as that article I showed you, that, that I had you look at beforehand shows, has been an incredibly disruptive defensive line so far. Brian Driscoll with us from Irish Breakdown dot com as he is uh, every monday here at 5 30 on budweiser's weekday sports beat offensive line obviously remains the biggest issue i'm i'm surprised we haven't seen you know jet sweeps shovel passes some way to get guys like Braden Lindsay, chris tyree more involved of the offense how, how effective do you think that could be what do you think about that I think be very. I think be very effective, Sean. I, I think you're absolutely onto something there. I think two reasons. Number one is it doesn't require the offensive line to play well. If you go back and watch <laughs> right. the Jets, the 60 yard jet point. sweep touchdown, <laughs> exactly. It, it, you remember because remember, Braden Lindsay in 2019 scored four touchdowns. Yeah. one was on a screen, one right. was on a jet sweep, one was on a reverse, one was on a post route, and so he scored different ways, and it was all about getting him the ball and speed. The jet sweep he had against Boston College, it went for like 61 yards, I think. There was a lot, the linemen on the left side of the line didn't block a soul. They didn't have to. He had a tight end out in space. He blocked, Tommy Tremble had a nice block, and that was it. And then Brain Lindsay Speed took over. So not only does it allow you to get your playmakers the football, Lindsay and Chris Tyree, but it also, I think it helps the, the offensive line in another way, not just, okay, that's a play that you can get yards that they don't actually have to do anything. But I think the more you can get defenses worried about the left to right, the harder it is for them to, to kind of come at you north-south, which then allows them to get more of a push on that front line and maybe makes it a little bit easier for them to, to get to those second-level linebackers. Plus, if you start doing those kind of things, you only got to hit one or two of those, and all of a sudden those, t- those guys are seeing that Chris Tyree jet sweep and you're handing off on an inside zone to Kyron Williams, and next thing you know he's running past you, and that same linebacker thinks Chris Tyree's got the ball. Uh, those kind of things I think can, can really mess with a def- defense's like, eye discipline and when you've got Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams and Braden Lindsey and Kevin Austin and Avery Davis and Michael Mayer, you lose eye discipline for about a second and a half against Notre Dame, and it's a the band's getting ready to play yeah. for the Irish. Yeah. I mean that that's why those things are needed. What'd you think of Drew Pine Saturday? Poise. I mean, just exceptional maturity and poise. I mean, to come off the bench, starting quarterback gets hurt comes off looks like i mean he 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 couldn't even be bothered to put his mouthpiece fully into his mouth you know what i mean just just like he's like all right guys i got this no big deal you know and and then the other thing too sean is to get hit in the back you know uh, you lose the football they take that fumble they go down they take the lead in the fourth quarter and so what does drew do on the next series he goes four for four for 49 yards and a touchdown yeah and it's like okay this kid's i mean you know the kids like to do that thing where they I don't love it, but they put like their fingers to their, you know, their elbow. It's like, you know, like ice in my veins. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> if if anybody epitomized that this season, it was how Drew Pine conducted himself. Yes, he played well, but it, it wasn't just that. It was just a calm, a poise that I think settled everyone else down. And then once he steps up and makes two great plays, you're like, okay, yeah, we got this. And I think that really settled everybody down after Jack got hurt. So a lot of people now. You know, calling for Pine to to, to stick course. in there because of the mobility. 
and all that, you know, coupled with the offensive line. What do, what do you think about all this? Well, everybody told me after the blue gold game that Drew Pine wasn't mobile enough, and that's why Tyler <laughs> Buckner should pass him up. And now all of a sudden he scrambles a couple times, and you're like, well, this is why. Look, I wrote an article this this June, Sean, where I, the title of my article, and it was funny, it blew up during the game. When he went into the game, apparently a million people went and tried to Google Drew Pine, and that uh-huh. article apparently came up. Who is this and guy? And my site just blew up. <laughs> and it was, overlook Drew Pine at your own peril. And he's not bit the biggest guy. He's not a great athlete. He's he's mobile enough, but he's not a great athlete. He doesn't have a big arm. The kid just flat out plays. That's why mm-hmm. I wrote you know wrote that article. This another article this summer calling him he's the ultimate point guard quarterback. You know he's not Trevor Lawrence, but he's just going to get the ball where it needs to go. And then you let Michael Mayer do his thing. You let you know Avery Davis do his thing. You let Kevin Austin do his thing. And and he did what you expect your backup quarterback to do, which is when your number's called, you come in and you and you step up to the challenge and you answer it. But as Brian Kelly said rightly, this is the Jack's Tacone is still the starter. Now, what I think this does, however, is Jack now has to start playing better, right? He he can't he's allowing the pass rush to really impact him the last couple games, and he's missing throws that he didn't miss the first two games. He's got to get back to being that guy we saw the first couple weeks, and if he does that, then no problem. But if he continues to maybe miss some of those throws and maybe feel the pressure a little bit more because you can only get hit in the face so many times before you start looking for it that that's what people don't understand you put drew pine in the game for four quarters with this offensive line he's gonna start looking for the pass rush a little bit too yeah you know you just get in the face too many times and that's that's just the nature of it that's the thing i just gonna have to play better yeah i feel like you know because there as we've talked about before and we saw again saturday there are plays that both jack cone whether it's kyron williams chris tyree you know, different reads they can make. I just feel like they're so shell-shocked because there's guys on top of them so quickly all the time that it's it's like speeding up their clock right. sometimes, you know? I don't know. And that's when he makes mistakes even when there's not pressure coming. Yeah. And and that's what we saw from Jack a little bit on Saturday, and that's what we saw from him a little bit on Talib- Purdue. And that, now that's on him, right? Like, okay, I get the lines bad, but you you got to – Right. You can't allow that to impact how you play. That's what he's going to have to sit back and see. That's what Tommy Reese is going to have to get in the film room and say, hey, look, you missed some opportunities even when the pressure wasn't coming because you were looking for the pressure. And as a quarterback who played on a bad offensive line in college, I get that. I really do. Um, but but he's got he's to get work past that and, and get back to being the guy he was the first two games of the year, the guy that he was in the second half against Purdue – He's got to be that guy all the time because when he's that guy, this offense is really good. And if he can't get back to being that guy, then there may be a time when they've got to make a change to Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner. But now is not that time, in my opinion. I agree still. All right, Brian Driscoll with us every Monday. Tell everybody what else is going on right now at irishbreakdown.com. we have an article on the front page, Sean. Uh, it's called Mike. It's it's titled Mike Elston is has built a defensive line factory at Notre Dame, and just kind of going through just the great success he's had the last five years, despite losing NFL player after NFL player after NFL player, and they just reload. And if you look at the projected production from this defensive line and compare it to the last four lines and 2012 blows it away it's not even close the defensive line by itself is on pace to set the notre dame sack record under brian kelly by itself uh it's really impressive so you're gonna want to check that out all right we're out of time right now i'll just mention that the offensive line is on pace to allow more sacks (laughs) 
I was trying to be positive. Than any line okay. in history, but we'll touch on that Wednesday. Everybody tells me I'm too negative all the time, so I'm trying to be positive and focus on the D-line. That's right. And I just Brian Driscoll was not the one that brought up the offensive line. I want everybody just to know that. It wasn't me. It's a true story. Like I said, we're saving that for Wednesday. We'll talk about that then. Thanks, Sean. All right, see you, Brian. Brian Driscoll from IrishBreakdown.com. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, five game balls from Saturday's Notre Dame win over Wisconsin. That's on the way on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.